Perth people are great for outdoors. Uh, do barbecues, picnics, family days. And drinking. Drinking. Oh, the beaches are great. It's beautiful, unpolluted water. Lots of scantily dressed girls all over the place. <laughs> Perth's best for that. <laughs> Honestly. It's so clean and friendly, like... The weather is great. Perth's just so pretty. It's airy and spacious feeling to it. Not cramped and confined as some capital cities feel. Uh, winter time and summertime is pretty much all year round outdoor. Yeah, compared to Sydney. Sydney. Kayaking or yacht sailing. Yeah, lots of things. I love the diversity of the people. I mean, I've met like, absolutely just loads of nationalities here. I mean, and the beaches. The beaches mm-hmm. are just just divine. Definitely, if you love the beach, head out to Perth. The people living in Perth love the beach so much, they've even got a special name for their obsession. Western Australians call themselves sand gropers, and it's after a little insect that only lives in the sand. And I reckon if the locals had their way, they would never leave the beach. Perth's quite an interesting place. It's one of the most isolated cities in the world, about 4,000 k's from Sydney, and it's Australia's fastest growing city as well, with the population just going up and up. So why is everyone moving here when it's miles away from anywhere? Well, the Wild West is going through a major boom. The mining industry is raking it in, and so is everyone who's working for it. What that means is a population of work-hard, play-harder people who fly out each fortnight to dig up coal and nickel and iron ore and the like, and then they fly back to booze it up and lay on the beach. Luckily, there's so much beach that it never gets crowded, even at the most popular and beautiful beach spots that I'm going to take you to, Cottesloe Beach and Rottnest Island. We're at Cottesloe now, or Cot as the locals know it, and I've caught up with Goose. He's the president of the North Cot Surf Lifesaving Club, so obviously a water baby. Now, Goose, paint me a picture. What can we see here? Just a beautiful stretch of golden sandy beach, which you really don't get in too many other places in the world, not naturally anyway. Lovely little surf rolling in, and it's really just a gorgeous day. When most tourists come to Australia, they tend to stick to the eastern coast. How does the west compare? It is a long way away. Let's make no mistake about that we're a long way from anywhere but if you're coming from overseas we're closer look it's not as developed over here it's not as big it's certainly a more laid-back lifestyle west australians by their very nature are casual uh, relaxed uh, enjoy their life got a great balance to their life don't do things at a terribly fast pace so you know it's not the gold coast but we don't want it to be like the gold coast uh, and we've got these wonderful beaches and you can just sit and enjoy it and then pop over to the pub and have a beer afterwards. If you're spending so much time in the water and at the beach, you've obviously got to have sharks on the brain at some point and certainly that's what visitors to Australia always worry about. Have there been any shark attacks here at Cottesloe? Yeah, there have. Um, there have been two shark attacks at Cottesloe. One was in the 1930s and one was about six or seven years ago. Um, you know, where I live, which is just over the other side of the, the first sand hill, I had this dear old neighbour who's now moved off to an old person. So now Keith was 85 when the last shark attack occurred. And Keith was a rat of Tobruk. Lived in Cottesloe his whole life. Would come down to the beach every morning of the year with his little white towel over his um, shoulder and go for a swim. Now the day that last shark attack happened, which was in November, Keith had come down for his swim, as he always does, at about 7 o'clock. The shark attack happened at quarter past 6 in the morning. Keith... Well, we saw him that afternoon. We're sitting in the balcony of the house and Keith comes over and says hello. And we said, Keith, terrible about the shark attack. Was that horrible news? And he looked at us and said, what shark attack? He said, well, there was a person taken by a shark down at the beach this morning. And he said, oh, I didn't think there were many people in the water when we went for the swim this morning. <laughs> and then he reflected and said, 
You know, I was at Cottesloe Beach the last time there was someone taken by a shark in 1933 or whatever it was. I guess the moral to the story is you can swim at Cottesloe Beach every day of your life and never get worried by a shark. And when the shark attacks happen, what's my mass like, 70 years between, you know, it's not a big issue. But look, to go a bit further on it, if you're here in November and December, don't swim on days when it's what we call sharky, when it's cloudy and overcast. But they're the best times to be here for whale watching. I mean, we've, I've sat here on this balcony we're sitting here at the moment and seen a mother whale with her calf within 200 metres of this beach swimming down the coast. It mm. is just an astonishing sight. Oh, I mean, you sit on the lucky. beach and watch it. Oh, yeah, it's quite wonderful. I hear that since that shark attack that really freaked everybody out in Perth because Cottesloe is the icon beach, it's where everyone comes. So since then there's been this thing called the shark plane. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, there's two bits to that. Um, one of the local universities runs a shark patrol with a light plane, but during the summer months when shark attacks are more prevalent, so that's October, November, December, they run a plane up and down the coast. But what we do as part of the surf lifesaving movement, we run a shark watch early morning during those months. We have um, people sitting up here on this balcony where we're at now, keeping an eye out and of course lots of our boats and skis are training that time of morning. And what do you look for? How do you do a shark watch? Really you're just looking for the shark, you're looking for the fin of the shark. It's easier from the air of course because they can see the shape, they can see the, the shadow of it. But look, at the end of the day the sharks live in the ocean, that's their environment and you've got to respect that. You know, there's a lot less chance of getting taken by a shark as there is getting hit by a bus crossing the road, so the best thing to do with sharks is just ignore them. Now, the surf lifesaving movement is really, really big here, isn't it? What sort of things do you get involved in and, and how do you interact with normal people on the beach? Yeah, well, I guess we like to think we are the normal people on the beach, <laughs> but surf lifesaving is it's an Australian movement. This year is actually the year of the surf lifesaver. It's the centenary of surf lifesaving in Australia. It's really an iconic part of Australian culture and it really describes the, the volunteer nature of the Australian people really, really well. So the red and yellow flags that you see on the beach, um, that's part of the surf lifesaving movement and the red and yellow flags indicate that that's the safe place to swim. The lifesavers wear red and yellow corded caps, which are a little skull cap, and typically these days you'll find them in a pair of red shorts and a, and a yellow shirt which has surf rescue written on it. And look, our job is just to make sure that people are safe. And in the hundred years that surf lifesaving's been in existence, there has never been a drowning between the flags, ever. And do all the surf lifesavers fit the stereotype of being blonde and blue-eyed and buffed? <laughs> well, you'd like to think that's the case. Now, when I told people I was coming down to Cottesloe, everyone said the Sunday session. You've got to do the Sunday session. What is the Sunday session? The Sunday session harks back to um, days when the licensing laws were a lot more restrictive than they are now. I'm a little bit older, so I don't tend to do those things too much anymore. But in my heyday, the Sunday session was 11.30 to 1.30 and 4.30 to 7.30 on Sunday. That was sort of restricted trading hours. In those days, you could only buy two bottles of beer at the bottle shop. Beer a dear, I would survive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, those days are long gone. But the tradition of the Sunday session continues. So the sessions are basically the afternoon, Sunday afternoon at the pub. So the Obi and the Cot pub. The Obi tends to um, get a country crowd. All the, the country boys and girls um, from the bush with their, you know, their, their hotted up utes come down and you know, sort of take the OB as their own, plus the locals. I mean, that's where all, we'd, we'd all go to the OBH for a beer. So that's the place to go do your culture watching? Absolutely. Great place to go. You kind of have to experience the Sunday session to know that you've been to Perth. But yeah, chock-a-block as we say, lots and lots of people. And does this whole boomtown culture thing that Perth is going through, does that encourage everyone to get out more and, and live life? Well, I think we have a lot more young people, you know, people in their 20s in particular, that 
come and work here possibly don't have their have their roots here. So rather than go to Mum's place for a Sunday roast sort of thing, they're going to the pub. Yeah, there's a lot of money in Perth. Uh, it, it is a boom town. It's um, the centre of uh, the resources industry in Australia, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, it's a bit Houston, Dallas sort of thing, without the without the glitz. But there's a lot of people earning a lot of money here, so um, yeah, people tend to throw it around a bit, I guess, and enjoy themselves. Goose, you're a really lucky man being here, and uh, I think with that um, beach calling to me over there, I better jump in for a swim. So have a good one. Well, look, you were dressed for it, and you know, I think you were going to go for a run along our beautiful beach and then a, a, a swim in that fantastic Indian Ocean. So uh, enjoy yourself. I will. Thank you. <laughs> if you look out across the Indian Ocean from here, you'll see a fairly flat, distant piece of land with a few coloured flecks on it. What you're looking at is Rottnest Island. The locals absolutely love it. They've been going there for decades, which um, is a pretty long time in Australian history. The island's only 11 k's long and 4 k's wide, but it packs in 63 white sandy beaches. You've got to get a ferry over there, so I reckon we should get on board. One of the coolest things about Rottnest, and probably what gives it its relaxed vibe, is that there are pretty much no cars, so everyone gets around on bikes. And I'm just walking up to the bakery to catch up with Cassie, who lives here and who's promised to take us on a bike tour of the island. There you go. On the bike. Tell me, um, what brought you here? Um, I like the beach, the beaches, I like the freedom, I like the sunshine and the salt air and uh, the people are very friendly and very nice. You feel like you're lost in time. You're looking around, all the buildings are fairly old looking, yeah. especially for Australia. Why yes. is that? Um, well, they haven't really built any new buildings. They've kept all the old ones and refurbished them and stuff. Like the pub here, that used to be the superintendent's quarters. They've turned it into a pub. The bakery used to be horse stables and like a nursing post and stuff, and they've turned that into a bakery. And we've just kept all the old buildings running, I guess. But it's funny because WA is in um, sort of this period of growth and prosperity mm. and everything, and everything seems to get knocked down and built new and fresh. Yeah. Why hasn't that happened here? I don't know why it hasn't happened, but I think that's a very good, um, a good thing for the island. It's, you can come back and see what kind of buildings were built 100 years ago and what they're getting used for now. And When I got off the ferry, it said, you're welcome to a Class A reserve. What does that mean? Class A sounds kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just means that it's fully protected for, for the wildlife, the plants, the flora and fauna. Um, all the buildings are protected. They're all heritage listed. All the trees are heritage listed. Um, you can't damage any environment. You can't light fires. You can't spear fish. Because we have coral reefs and stuff like that as well. And we want to protect the island as much as we can from developers. Yeah. Is it hard to protect um, the island from yeah. developers? Because it's a bit of a gold mine as there's far as tourism goes. There's people trying to develop. I mean, there's million dollar views all over the island. And that's something that we want to share with everybody, not just a select few. How many people actually live here? A hundred. <laughs> not many? <laughs> no, no, not many at all. And how does that work with the whole protection of the buildings? Can you build a new house if you no, want to come no, here? No, you can't live here unless you work here. And you, you don't get to choose where you want to live. They choose where you live and they choose your house. So there's just one road with houses on it that everyone lives on. 
Is it weird to live in a place where you can only get around by bike? No, I like it. It's different. And it's um, very friendly and you feel safe and you have lots of freedom and there's no pollution and it doesn't cost you anything to ride a bike around the island. <laughs> okay. What you in for? <laughs> How many hills are there on this island? Too many. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard going up there on, on the bike. Take your time and stop at the beaches and stuff. Yeah, I think I need to stop at a beach. <laughs> Go for a swim. Right, downward hill. Woohoo! Is the lifestyle here pretty basic? Yeah, we um, pretty much go without TV, without a phone line. You don't go home to watch TV. You go out and you do things at the beach or go watch the sunset or hang out with your mates. It's really back to basic lifestyle. And, like, is there a low crime rate? Does everyone look after each other? We, What's that like? Well, we don't even lock our house. We don't even have a key for our house. The house our house is always open and I think everyone's is. Um, yeah, there's a very low crime rate. All that happens is a bike might get stolen here or there. And why is that? What, if there's heaps of bikes, they, they, just, people... they just take them so they can get to the next place. You know what I mean? Like if they're leaving the pub and they want to get home, they'll just take a bike. <laughs> I guess after a few years that sounds like yeah. a good idea. You always find them again. They don't take them to keep them. They take them just to borrow <laughs> without asking. <laughs> What is it about Rottnest? Because West Australians always talk about mm. having the childhood here and, and heaps of holidays. Why do they love it so much? I don't know. It's just the um, atmosphere. It's magical. It just makes you feel different and happy and you can forget all your worries and your troubles and relax on the beach all day. <laughs> and so many people did come here as a kid and enjoyed it and that's what brought me back when I came here as a kid. And I fell in love with the place when I was 10. So I come back here and I can't leave. <laughs> Now we've stopped off at a, a rather amazing beach, Salmon Cove, was it? Little, little Salmon Bay. Little Salmon Bay. Now there are 63 beaches mm -hmm. and 20 bays on Rottnest Island. Yeah. How do you choose which one to go to? <laughs> I think you get on a bike and you start riding and a lot of people don't make it past this one. <laughs> but it's so nice here and this is one of the first bays you get to. I thought you meant that they couldn't get past it because um, it's hard going <laughs> on the bikes. Maybe that as well. <laughs> they stop and relax. Can you just describe it for me, how it looks? Um, bright blue water, beautiful fish, um, people, every single person has a smile on their face and everyone's just relaxing in the sun, people have got their cameras out, they're happy, it's great. <laughs> it is great isn't it? The sand's white. And... There's half a million visitors that come to Rottnest every year which is a fair few for a West Australian yeah. remote island and particularly one that's only 11 k's by 4.5 k's. Mm. Does it get crowded here? Yes definitely. It gets very crowded, but when you're a local, you know where to go, the spots to go and stuff. Now, a lot of people hang around the settlement and the basin, which is just in the settlement. It's one of the best beaches on the island, so most of the tourists go there. What about the secret local spots? <laughs> I don't know if I can disclose those. Oh. I might get in trouble. <laughs> How did the name Rotnest become? Um, it's a Dutch word meaning rat's nest, because when they first came here, they thought that the quokkas were rats. And quokkas, what are the quokkas? Oh, the quokkas are just little marsupials. They look like miniature kangaroos, I guess. They're very friendly. There's about 10,000 quokkas on the island and they're protected. So rat's nest rot is rot nest. Do they look like rats? Yes. <laughs> rat slash kangaroo. Yeah. Actually, I've heard that they're completely unique to rot nest. You can't find yeah. them anywhere else. Um, there is a few spots in WA where you can find them, but not much anymore. Yeah, they can, This island was connected to the mainland about 5,000 years ago. So everything on here has evolved over 5,000 years. You've been here for quite a few years now, living here out of choice. Do you reckon you'll ever leave here? I don't want to, 
but I think eventually I might have to. But maybe another five years or so. It never feels too small? No, never. We have a lot of surfers, photographers. We have marathon people over here that practice on their bikes and that. They come across a bit. And a lot of um, tourists come along. And a lot of tourists say this is one of the most beautiful islands they've ever been on because it's pretty much untouched. So <laughs> I'm so jealous. Yeah, Can I come live here? not too bad. <laughs> All right, well, I suppose we better get back on the bikes and do a bit yeah, more um, activity. Where should we go next? Um, I think we should head towards Strickland Bay where the surfers are and check that out. All right, let's do it. <laughs>